It's not much of a secret that I have a home field apparel problem. Even before we started this show, I couldn't even step foot on a new college campus without making sure there was something from that school's home field collection waiting on my porch when I got home. So we are, understandably, over the moon to partner with home field this season to keep Pitt fans comfy, cozy, and stylish at a fraction of the price by using promo code LOYALSUNS for 15% off your next order. This discount applies site-wide, and with unique vintage collections for every school from Pitt to Bama, Jackson State to Colgate, Michigan, Marshall, Marquette, and both Miamis, there's something for every fan. So whether you're buying for a Pitt fan or for a loser freak, use promo code LOYALSUNS at homefieldapparel.com to save big on your next order. Each code applies once per email address, so get those work emails and burners ready. That's homefieldapparel.com. Hello and welcome back to the Loyal Suns show. That's at the Loyal Suns on all the social medias. Follow us there and follow us wherever you get your podcasts for pit sports content you won't want to miss. If you love that it's almost March and hate heartbreaking losses, this is the place for you. The Loyal Suns show, a safe, sunshiny place for your pit athletics fix, brought to you by Section 5. We're about 24 hours removed from the tip off of last night's game against Clemson. We're recording this around 6.30 on Wednesday and still gathering our thoughts, still coming down from what was an emotional night for our Pitt Panthers. Uh, Pitt falls 69-62 to the Clemson Tigers in a game that wasn't 100% a must win, but a win that you really, really wanted to have. Uh, would have added another quad one win to the resume. Um, and that marks 12 straight losses to Clemson in basketball, which is just kind of odd, to be honest. Uh, David, I'm here with David. Squid's ducking out tonight. We think he's still a little upset over the game. David, how you feeling about last night's game? How you feeling about the team in general? And, you know, how are you, brother? What's your favorite Willie Nelson song? Turn out the lights. Party's, Party's over. over. Oh. Good things must end. All right. We don't have to go any further. <laughs> I think they get the point. Uh, not good. Not good. Uh, I, I think I, I lack the optimism that you have it. That felt like the death blow last night. I, it just sucked. That sucked. That sucked. Yeah. There's not many other ways to really describe how they lost that one. It was a frustrating game in real time. I know 
even going back to the first half. I mean, Pitt went into that. It's one of those things where it's like, oh, you'd sign up for a four-point lead at halftime any day if you would have gave me that option before the game. 100%, I'm signing up for it every time. But, but also... Felt, but also, it felt like a game where we should have been leading by 10 at halftime, and that would somehow come back to bite us in the ass. And it ultimately did. Um, multiple missed layups in the first half, just those missed opportunities where it felt like Pitt could really just hop on Clemson and, you know, go up 12, 14 points, uh, never really stretched out the double digits and ultimately win the halftime up four. Um, yeah, I mean, real time, that game was was a brutal watch. Yeah, it was all of our worst fears uh, based on this season coming true. Uh, the entire team going cold from beyond the arc and kind of in general from the entire field uh, and that killing us, you know, being too reliant on the deep ball. Um, our bigs getting bullied underneath because they lack that little little light in the ass and, and just getting pushed around underneath. Um, and then on top of that, when you add Pitt's best player just playing the worst game in the Royal and gold. I, well, they wore black his, his, last night. Oh yeah. His worst game in the Royal or black and gold. And, uh, God, it was just, it was heartbreaking. Cause I think, I think from the start of the second half, you saw, you saw the, the big boys on, a on, on Clemson start, digging in underneath and you, you saw the shots weren't falling and you knew exactly where this was going. Yeah. Clemson looked to me like a veteran team an older team than Pitt was, which they are. And it looked that way. Like you said, starting off in the second half, uh, just kind of overwhelming Pitt on the defensive end, not really giving them much space to breathe and then kind of beating them up down low uh, with the, those bigger guys. Uh, quick side note. Where do PJ Hall and uh, Chef Line like fall in categories of just very hateable white college basketball players? Well, they don't play for Duke, so that's automatically um, like a ceiling of second tier. But pretty high and i i think recency bias is going to play into it but uh yeah the fact that they just dealt us like a potentially season ruining blow last night including like an absolute dagger 3 from Shefflin late so i'll go i'll go so tier 1 is occupied by every duke player ever and right now like currently philipowski is like his own tier can we can we put a can we put a pin on flip? Okay, we're we're gonna circle back to yeah. give give flip his due uh, at the end of this. You know, vent our frustrations a little bit. Um, tier two is Syracuse guys who can hit threes, specifically in Madison Square Garden, specifically in the month of March. Um. So I, I'd say I'd say in terms of hateable white guys, Hall and I can't say the other dude's name. Uh, they're, they're tier three. 
Okay. Fair enough. Just just wanted to see where we stood with them. Uh, but yeah, they started to flex their muscle a little bit. Our big guys, you know, this has kind of been a theme for Pitt the last couple of seasons. Just just don't have enough meat on the bones just yet. Uh, I think that's something that Pitt will certainly want to address in the offseason, not to get ahead of ourselves, but it's it's been a theme with Pitt where they can they can really get pushed around. Um but yeah, I mean I think you look at what Clemson did to Blake and they defended him as well as anyone has. Uh he has I mean he's scored forty one points in the game last week. He's put up twenty seven at Duke. He's put up twenty nine this season. Like there have been teams who have had absolutely no answer for them, and they basically uh, clamped him from the opening tip. Only shot four threes last night. Blake makes four threes most night, but last night he only shot four. One of those was a heave late in the shot clock, although sometimes those are good shots for Blake. Uh, but one of those was like a last second, got to get the grenade out of my hands. Um, so really, he, he didn't get any good looks from three and they they made it tough on him all night and really i we've seen it all year but specifically last night uh this team can really only go as far as blake can take them all those supporting mm-hmm. pieces when they're on they're on everybody kind of chips in but the one consistent uh piece of this team is if blake plays well we have a chance to win if not there's really no shot and sometimes, yeah. I mean, he is your best player, right? That's that's not like a unheard of. No, that's that's thing. not crazy. But what puts us at a disadvantage is that our best player is very streaky and very reliant on like thirty-five foot threes. Whereas, you know, uh, if you think of, I don't know who's who's the best player in college basketball right now. Don't say Zach Eady, Caitlin Clark. Caitlin, I, that's actually a really good example. Uh, Caitlin. Cl- Clark will take you to the hole. Yeah. Caitlin Clark can score from every level. Like if she's not hitting her ridiculous 35 foot threes, Iowa still has a chance to win any games. Blake is kind of one dimensional and I think also, another good also player. not a great defender. So <laughs> if he's not hitting 35 foot threes, we are screwed. Yeah. And I think even to put this more in a pit centric uh, comparison like Jamarius Burton last year, the go to guy, he was the closer. Mm-hmm. It was when Pitt needed a bucket, he found a way to get a matchup he liked, put maybe put a, a smaller guard in the sh- in the high post, uh, on the baseline, something just hit a tough turnaround jumper or just get you a get hit to his spot in the mid range and get a bucket when Pitt needed, it. or just go ahead and get fouled and hit two free throws when Pitt needed it. Uh, Blake obviously. It doesn't really have that type of play style. Blake is explosive in the in the sense that, I mean, he can literally score, what was it, 27 points and a half? Yeah. Um, not many guys can do that. But like you said, he, he's streaky. He has to see a couple go in. And when a team defends him like Clemson did last night, he, does, he doesn't get to see many shots go in or, or any from three-point range like, like last night. So... Um, yeah, it makes things tougher on everyone. And once again, I, I really do think Clemson did a really good job of p- applying pressure on Pitt early. I think a bit of the foul trouble that Pitt had uh, with the bigs, with Bub again, um, 
kind of threw off their rotations and had them having to play some guys, messed up their rotations. Same thing happened against Wake Forest. That was a completely different game. That was just an absolute ass whooping. But when they get in these situations where they have to tweak those rotations a bit, uh, they have to play some guys. You know, they threw Will Jeffress out there for a possession or two last night. And it was like, oh, God, like you can tell right away he, he can't play in this game. There are games where there have been games this year where Will has come in and saved the day. Uh, it was pretty clear from the the second he stepped on the floor last night that last night wasn't going to be one of those games. So a lot went into it, but I do have to like, I'm upset about the loss. It was rough. It was heartbreaking because we knew how much that game meant. Like, I do want to remind people because I saw a lot of bitching last night and a lot of like, oh, this team sucks. They're they're soft. From pit fans? Yeah, and trust me, I get it. It's the emotions of the game, uh, and it was a big, huge game. But, like, it's really hard to beat good teams on the road in college basketball. Like, Clemson's if, – if this tournament started tomorrow, Clemson would probably be, like, a five seed. Um, and it's hard to just go into their arena and beat them. And that's – I mean, just look at teams' records – at home and in a w- and away, their splits in college basketball. Pitt has actually been really good on the road this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, that's that's not a game that on paper you're supposed to win. I mean, Pitt was seven point underdogs going into that game last night, which shocked Vegas. Hit it directly on the head. Pitt loses by seven. Yeah, I mean, especially um, with how raucous that crowd at. Clemson was and I know it because they had some some mics way too close to a couple people uh and and I I heard a couple choice things I don't know if you were listening for that but uh the ACC broadcast is you could convince me a social experiment at this point uh between the announcer's inability to count their open antagonization of um is it Michael Beadle uh beetle beetle his first name was josh josh beetle josh beetle um and the fact that they just had very live mics next to some guys who were who were saying some stuff uh but yeah that was that was a tough environment and you hate to be in <sighs> kitty loves the camera hold on <laughs> I mean, it's it's never great to be in the position where you have to win at a Clemson in order to have a prayer at the tournament, and and we kind of put ourselves in that position. But uh, it's it's just tough. It, it feels like we've kind of crumbled in these big moments this year. I'd counter that with we didn't crumble at UVA and then just kind of stuck it to them at the end of the game. We didn't crumble against Duke. Jalen Lowe hits a huge shot late. Um, I will also say Jalen Lowe was on the floor late last night, which is a questionable decision from Coach Capel. I know he said they liked the lineup they had in there late, but Lowe has been probably their second best player over the past month and a half. So yeah, um, that's one you look back and think, uh, maybe, maybe not. Maybe don't leave him on the bench. Yeah, but at, at the same time, if I had a nickel for every time 
Blake Henson completely disappeared during what at the time feels like the most important game of the season, I'd have 10 cents, which isn't a lot, but it's kind of weird that it happened twice. I mean, we're talking about Blake Henson. Dude's got, dude's got ice in his veins or, or so I thought. And, and to watch him, you know, falter against and Kitty just knocked over all my pens um, to, to watch him falter against Wake Forest and Clemson in the clutch. It's, you know, a little disheartening and, and, you know, I will love him forever, but it's, it's not great for, not great for the legacy. Kitty, get out of here. While David deals with his cat, um, I'll say basketball is a simple game. Sometimes if you look at last night, uh, if you make shots, you have a good chance to win. And if you don't, it severely hurts your chances to win. Pitt, as a team, last night went 7 of 25 from three-point range. Uh, if they go 10 of 25, which is 40%, a high clip, but like if they go 10 of 25, they probably win the game. Uh, you have Guillermo, who's shooting 40% from AC, from three in ACC play coming in the last night, and he goes 0 for 3 and got three pretty good looks. Any one of those would have been big. If Blake, Blake goes 0 for 4, if Blake hits one circus shot, which he's usually good for every game oh yeah does that change the game like i hate to boil it down to that but it's like hit a couple more shots and maybe the game's completely different it sounds cliche but like make your shots and you win uh so i i think everything's just amplified because of what we knew that game meant in terms of our resume in terms of our possibility of of getting into the tournament um, but I, I think, I think I'm not ready to, to say rest in peace to this team. I'm not ready. You aren't, I'm not ready to buy my NIT tickets just yet. I know a lot of people are, but I look back and I look back at where we were when there was 10 games remaining and I Remember thinking if Pitt can go eight and two in these last 10, get to 21 and 10 uh, going into the ACC tournament, finish 12 and eight in conference, we can probably be in a pretty good spot. Um, well, now we have three games left. And if we go three and oh in these last three regular season games, we'll be right there. We'll be at 21 and 10 going into the ACC tournament, 12 and eight in the ACC. Um, probably going to put us at a single buy in the ACC tournament. Um, so in that five to eight range and have a chance to get a win that first day and then play yourself into the quarterfinals. Whoever you play in the quarterfinals, more than likely, unless one of the lower seeds makes a run is going to be a quad one game. So you, you can realistically play yourself into an opportunity to get another quad one win and that basically would cancel out what we had last night. If Pitt can, if Pitt runs the table here, three and zero in the regular season, gets two wins in the ACC tournament, I think twenty three wins and another quad one win absolutely gets us into the dance. Three and zero in the regular season, one in the ACC tournament. Uh, probably going to need some help from other teams on the bubble, and maybe still on the outside looking in, but. I know it's a lot. I basically am saying you have to win five straight games to play your way into the tournament, but it's March. I have, baby. 
I have to imagine Jeff Capel's telling the team the same thing. Yeah, it, it's you have to what, win five straight games. Our March Madness starts Saturday. You win, you win, and you go home. So, uh, not exactly. They will still actually have more games if they were to lose before then. But for for the sake of getting to the tournament, getting to where everyone wants to be, the big dance, um, mm-hmm. got to keep winning. Yeah, I mean, what the alternative is the NIT or whatever other tournaments there are and i, I mean I pitt, has, pitt has won the cbi before what year was that i think that was the first year they played the cbi that's going back to like i actually want to look this up. that's got to be my guess and this is how foggy it is for me my guess is going to be like 2015 yeah 2012 I, I... Like winning something would be cool, but at the end of the day, I don't know if we're going to be doing Wednesday emergency shows for big NIT wins, you know? Yeah, I would say losing in the first round of the NCAA tournament is cooler than like winning the NIT. Yes. Because, well, I'm actually going to say 100% it is. Yeah, (laughs) because it matters. You you are a logically by default, a better basketball team just having made the tournament than the even the champion of like a CBI or NIT. Yeah, well, CBI, they should not even accept a bid. I would I, I would think they're pretty much locked into a NIT bid at this point, but I yeah. they do host the game, so we would get another home game, but that'd right. be cool. I'm sure a lot of people would show up. <laughs> Uh, so, I mean, what what do you think? Are you, did you put the nail in the coffin last night or are you bought back in with me? Uh, I, I, I had the, I wouldn't say the nail was in the coffin, but I, I made like a, like a starter hole. Like when you, when you like have the nail and you tap it a couple times, so it kind of stands on its own and you can really like let her have it. Um, I think I think five consecutive wins is like the bare minimum. I think if they lose another game, it's very very over. Um, I I'm gonna go as far as to say they need to make noise in uh, in the ACC tournament. Don't ask me to quantify what that means. I, it's it's you know you I, I know it playing. when I see it. I you need to be I, playing on Friday night. Friday night's semifinals. You need to get to Friday. Mm-hmm. Need to get to Friday. Um, need to need to stir a little bit of national attention. You know, get get the media talking a little bit about Pitt looking hot. Um, because Blake for Henson some reason that matters. 30. Blake Henson just dropped thirty against UNC in a loss. That's, <laughs> that's why. That's why I thought the forty point game was such a big deal because it had people talking. Yeah. And for some reason that matters. For some reason that matters but uh yeah i'm i'm gonna set my bar a little bit higher than you but i don't know i i'm not gonna give up because what else do i have to do with my life right now right like it's too early to even be talking myself into the pirates a thing i never do but like is is break glass in case of an emergency 
Like, it's too early for that. This is all I have going for me. And plus, Archie tweeted at us last night that Pitt's running the table and they're going to make the tournament and he guarantees it. It'll happen because Arch said it would. Archie Rothstein. That's right. Well, why not us? Let's make a run. Let's make the ACC tournament a lot of fun. Um, I'm not giving up yet. Nope. March starts in... Oh, it's a leap year. So we have an extra day of February, but March Yay. on Friday. I was born in a leap year. In June? Yeah. It's still a leap year. <laughs> There's only one every four okay. years. Fair. Right, before we sign off, I promised you time to talk about your buddy Flip down at Duke. Honestly, I don't even have anything prepared. I'm I'm just so bemused by that whole thing. Um, from do my my first question, and and we won't take long for this because I don't think either of us wants to keep thinking about college basketball until Pitt gives us a reason to want to think about college basketball. Um, where do you fall on one the question of? Was Filipowski trying to trip that kid when he hurt himself or like at least push him or something? And two, what do you think about uh, the storming the court, storming the field? Debacle, argument, whatever. So, like you can convince yourself from a certain angle that maybe he was trying to trip slash push that kid, but also like... Yeah, he's like trying to get off the court with thousands of students running like perpendicular to him. Um, I may I may give him the benefit of the doubt on that, that he was like maybe like taking an extra long step or trying to stop his steps, stay out of a stampede. Um, The rest of the situation, I mean, give me a break like Shire and Filipowski. Oh, my God. Parading the country. Oh, they. Like he could have got killed. This was a malicious act. Um, spare me. The, the, the video is a real Rorschach test. Like you see what you want to see, or you see what subconsciously is more, most conducive to your beliefs and ideals. Um, and it doesn't help the fact that he's Duke's star player. So most of the country is going to see a trip and a shove. Right. And then furthermore, they did the whole Duke, like, super sanctimonious BS media tour about it, so. Yeah. Yeah, he, I mean, this this is like the second lamest thing he's done with the media this year, other than when he cried about uh, Blake, you know, giving it to the camera crazies after going off. Um, And then the court storming, field storming, thing i'm all about fun i like fun and fun I think, is most important i think court storming's fun uh i've only stormed a court for like a mate like i'm sure we've done like a mini court storm and like a rec basketball game when we were younger something something stupid but i stormed the court for the robert morris victory over kentucky when they really? played them in the nit yeah i was at that game and stormed the court like jumped over the press table uh 
was like on someone's shoulders. I was like in 10th grade at the time, but it was, <laughs> it was, yeah, I didn't, I'm not a Robert Morris student. Didn't really watch much Robert Morris, but it was just like an awesome. That was I NIT, think. right? Yeah, it was the first round of the NIT. Robert Morris had to host because Kentucky was hosting the NCAA women's volleyball tournament because they just assumed they would be in March Madness and wouldn't be hosting an NIT game. Uh, so they hosted a RMU and yeah, core memory for me. So I'm team court storm, but I do think it, the, the, the team who is the, the home team and their security and the arena staff have to have, have to be better at, I think, protecting the opposing team yeah, and their players and their staff, because I mean, it, just in essence, like thousands of people running in the same direction, uh, all storming together is dangerous in and of itself. And when you have some guys who have just a bunch of college kids who've probably been drinking uh, and have been chanting at these guys from afar for 40 minutes and finally get a chance to run by them, um, it's easy to like something for something to go wrong. And I don't know what would have to happen like for, i mean outside of like someone dying or being maimed that to for them to actually stop it uh, maybe like if a guy like filipowski instead of tripping a kid just absolutely just decks some kid running onto the field maybe maybe that stops it i don't know well, and that's i don't want to say that's more common but like i've definitely with the advent of everybody having a camera attached to them, I have seen more videos every single year of athletes actually decking dudes, like especially in football, just like some some 120-pound freshman biology major getting absolutely waxed by like an Alabama defensive tackle, thinking no one is gonna see it because of like all the all the human coverage. Um I, <laughs> I I agree with everything you said. I, I think there's got to be protocols put in place. Clemson's been effectively storming the field for every home game for like ever, right? Like follow that blueprint. There's got to be got to be ways to protect them. But if you think that storming the field and storming the court needs to be banned, you have a big old dump in your pants. Let the kids have fun, and plus, I and I alluded to this in in a, a tweet from our account earlier this week or last week. Um, it is even if it is banned, it is simply going to keep occurring because unless you start fining schools into the millions, the visual and the media exposure given to the school's athletic athletics programs and their brand by a court or field storming far surpasses the monetary value of the fine. That is, it is a good field storming is worth millions of dollars in, in brand exposure for a school or university. That's just how it is. They have, they have no incentive to not just eat the fine. Right. How about Pitt Peterson Event Center? Never been a court storming. 
I don't think there's been one at high. Uh, that's for other reasons, but well, okay. I, 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 now that I you bring it up, I was gonna say the I remember Kenny Pickett game his his first start against Miami. Students were filing in to storm the field for that game over number two Miami, and the police were there and saying, "Absolutely, do not step on this field. You will be arrested." So, like at Heinz, there's. I don't know if it's because of the protocol of like NFL games and they have the same I think security that's there. That's probably more so what it is. Um, but I mean, so yeah, technically you can prevent it if you, if you want to, but I don't think anyone is all that inclined to do it. Exactly. Because it is money into your pocket. It is free pub to have 30,000 of your students. Well, not 30,000 because that's how many, that's more students than probably go to most public universities, but to have thousands of your students on the field, taking videos, having the time of their lives, celebrating the school, the brand together, their allegiance to the school. That's where so much. Um, but yeah, I, I have to imagine it's going to be hard for bit. Could you imagine a Steelers game played on like a, a, <laughs> a rainy Sunday after a pit field storming? It'd probably It'd be, be a three nothing game. Yeah, it would be similar to that uh, Monday night game against Miami. Oh, we all remember it. There'd be some punts just going dead into the ground. Let the kids have fun. Court storming's fun until it isn't. But right now it's fun. Um, with that, I think uh, we're going to sign off. We'll be back here when we find it. I guess. Uh, we play Saturdays. And Suitable. Tuesday. Yeah, suit- and, until it's worth it for us to hop on here and record yeah. another episode. Um, but stick around. Pitt's going to make some noise in March. And then uh, March Madness on the horizon. So let's let's hope we're a part of it. But as always, thanks for tuning in. And hail, loyal sons of Pittsburgh. And that's going to do it here for the Loyal Sons Show. The incredibly handsome and talented Dylan David and Squid are signing off. Until next time, Panther fans, H2P.